Hey, everyone. How's it going? Um, morning. Morning, everyone. We don't have high chairs, so we're going to sit on normal chairs, and we're just going to try to still see everyone the best we can. Is that cool? Um, awesome. It's good. Oh, did you all see that? That would have been unfortunate. Um, cool, everyone. Well, we are going to, I know, don't worry. I'm going to do it more gently this time. Uh, we're going to have a panel today finishing off our series um, on the sermons of Jesus. So uh, I will uh, open up, um, I'll open up our time with some prayer. We'll do some intros. I'll speak on the last text that we're talking about today. And then we'll just have a discussion together and, and a little chat. And we'll mainly be the ones chatting, but, uh, <laughs> but then we'll, we'll wrap up. So um, let me pray for us and we'll do some intros. So Jesus, we just pray um, as you taught um, these people uh, that were with you uh, 2,000 years ago that uh, you just be speaking through your spirit to us today. Uh, is that song saying about uh, where we build our firm foundations? I pray that you would just be um, speaking to all of us um, on this topic of where we are finding the foundations in our lives, where we are placing them. This is no easy answer for any of us. This is a complex thing where we, we are needy for you, Spirit, um, to, to put a light um, onto, onto our hearts. So I pray that you would do that work this morning. And yeah, it's your name we pray. Amen. Cool. So I think you all know me, but I'm Jeff. Uh, I'm an elder here. I've been a part of the church for uh, a good while now. And uh, yeah, a lay elder. So I work uh, in training uh, in, for, for SNAP. But um, and what else? I'm a, I lead the, uh, with Allie, my wife, uh, the Overland Missional Community. So I, I think that's it. I don't know. <laughs> you want to do intros on who you all are? Is it hot? You have to hold it for like a second or two. Oh, it's on. Well, uh, I'm Evan, and I'm in the uh, formerly called Sawblade MC. Um, uh, I'm a software engineer, and I've been in Soma for, wow, four years, something like that. Yeah. Great. Good morning. My name is Estefania. Um, I've been a part of SOMA maybe two and a half, maybe not that long, years. Um, but yeah, part of the Hawthorne MC, and it's been a joy since I've been here. So, Awesome. Great. Can't wait. I can't wait to, to have this conversation. Um, what we're going to be doing is wrapping up uh, our sermon on, um, yeah, uh, not our sermon, our series on um, the Sermons of Jesus. And so what I wanted to do is quickly ground us in what we've talked about, because it's gone over uh, a couple-month period. There's been a, a, a candy palooza uh, in the midst of all of it. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to ground us in what we've been talking about, because it really connects to what this last passage is. So in the very first sermon of the series, um, Brad talked about how Jesus is really teaching people what a life in uh, the kingdom of God was like. 
Um, and he talked about how this was, he used an analogy of this cliff edge uh, in Portugal, where if you stood over it and you looked over it, the winds would be coming up against you so hard you couldn't even fall off. And he talked about how that inspired people to then figure out how to actually sail into the winds. And he used this analogy of talking about how life in God's kingdom um, really is a life going against the winds of our world. That it really is living a life that is countercultural that is going against uh, how the world is telling us to live. And so he unpacked that a little bit through a bunch of sermons of Jesus saying uh, it's, it's really a kingdom where we bless people, we bless others, where the world tells us we should curse people. Um, it's, a, it's a world where we love our enemies, where the world says, yeah, you shouldn't love that person. They're, they're not worthy of your love. It's a world where we forgive people, uh, where others say we should judge them. Um, it's a world where we seek actual heart renewal, where the world says you should just be better and change your behavior. And so it's this, this world that has so much depth to it. Um, and Jesus finishes this little sermon series out, not on a mount like we all normally think on a plane, something I will forever remember uh, from this series. Um, but I'm going to turn uh, to Luke 6.46 if you all want to open up your Bibles or your phones I'll give you a second to do that, and then I'll read our text today. So Luke 6.46, I may have it on the screen. If I don't, all the more reason to pull out your phone or Bible. (laughs) It's okay, no worries. That's perfect. We all have Bibles or phones, things of that nature. Um, Cool. So Jesus says, starting in verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And And when a flood arose and the stream broke against that house, and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and, and does not do them, uh, the commands Jesus is talking about, the one who hears and does not do Jesus' commands is a man who's like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. So when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So I'm not going to preach on this. I'm just going to give a couple thoughts on it, and then we're going to open it up and, and talk about it as a panel. Um, but one thing I wanted to, to call out um, is that, and to connect it back to the whole sermon series, is when, he's, when Jesus is saying, uh, everyone who comes to me hears my word and does them, hears my words and does them, he is referring to all the, the texts and the parables and the, the sermons that we've heard over the past couple weeks. Uh, his words are the words of being a people who bless where others curse, love our enemies. We forgive people because we trust that God will be the ultimate and righteous judge. Uh, we, see, we are people who seek heart renewal more than behavior change because Jesus came to change our hearts of stone and give us hearts of flesh. These are the words that Jesus is talking about. Um, and he's saying that when, when we are a people who listen to those words and actually do them and act on them, it's, it's like a person building their house on the foundation. And I guess just one reflection to kick off our conversation is that when I thought about this, it's been really easy in my life to say, cool, this is a binary. I either have my house built on the foundation or I don't. 
Um, so I should just do the things and then my, and then like, or I should just like think about it and say, cool, I think my house is built on the foundation right now. And then, you know, I'll reflect on that general massive question uh, a little bit later on. But I think the reality is for you all and for us as we process this is that life is complex, that we don't live in a hut with one foundation. I like to think of it, we all live in big mansions, uh, a lot of wings of our mansions, and our foundations are wide. Um, and sometimes we have parts of our lives, you all are smirking because that doesn't really exist in LA. But imagine you live, I don't know, somewhere where it does, in Orange County, let's say, sure. Uh, but life is complex, and, and you know, we, we, we go in and out of having our foundation set on Jesus. We have different facets of our lives that aren't set on Jesus' commands, on his, on his promises. Sometimes our whole life isn't, and then there's some obvious times, but life is messy. And so this work of what they say about digging down deep is, is really, I think, there's, there's a lot here that we can discuss around what it means to be people who dig down deep and, and look at the parts of our lives that, that aren't founding our foundation on Jesus. And that's, that's some hard and some vulnerable and some costly and some maybe even dangerous work to us as we dig down deep with ourselves and with, with Jesus. So, um, but yeah, so we're not people up here who've like got our foundation set on Jesus and we're like, cool, we'll tell you what that's like. We are people in the process. Uh, and we're just gonna share about some of what that process is like for us. So um, there you go. Well, I'd love to start out with just hearing from you all. Sorry, I, I, I hope I didn't take any anything you were going to say, but we were having such good conversations this week. I'd love to hear just for you all what stands out to you about this passage as you've been reflecting on it this week. Uh, yeah, for me, I think the first thing that pops into my mind is I read this passage, and you know, the first thing he says is, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? And I think I interpret that immediately as like, like a shame on you. Like, um, yeah, it fills me with like guilt and shame or like, oh man, I got to like shape up. Um, but I think what I've learned in, in my experience of building my house on the sand and on the rock is that it's really more of a invitation or like, a, um, he's just laying out the cause and effect. So, you know, if you build your house here, it's not going to be good for you. If you build your house there, it's going to be good. There's no, like, guilting or shame or anything like that. It's like, well, here's, I'm just going to tell you what's going to happen, and uh, you can make the decision for yourself. And it's even, like, an invitation. Like, you want to build a good house, right? Like, come on and build it over here. It's going to be way better. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when I read this passage, it kind of, is a little overwhelming. You know, we have a long series, a lot of things that we've heard, and it's like, okay, I need to do all those things. Um, but it really is broken down to one difference in, in both of the scenarios. <clears throat> both people or the has said, Lord, Lord, right? Surrendered um, in both examples. And it says, um, whoever hears in both of them. In verse 47, for the person in verse 49, whoever hears and does not do. So really, it's only one difference. You know, they've both surrendered. They're both being discipled. But it stops at obedience for one of them. Um, and so, you know, in my life, when 
I think about my walk, I would love for someone else to come and build my foundation because it's so hard. Uh, I'm in construction, as some of you know, and I've built a couple homes in Mexico and Guatemala. And um, sometimes when we showed up on site, the, the foundation or the site wasn't prepped. And that meant that we had to cut a whole side of a mountain to have a level ground. And that was hard, you know. We just had one pickaxe each and went at it. Um, and so it was so much better when we came prepped. Um, so in my life, I would love for it me to show up and it be prepped or I can just buy the materials with the longest warranty and have that be put in place. But that's not how the Lord designed um, our walk to be. It's an intentional, it's a thing that only I can do with him. And I think that's, um, yeah, the calling of my own obedience. So doing that. Yeah, I think that's such an interesting as you're sharing, I was like, there's, there's this, there's two things. There's like the dynamic of it's something only we can own with God, but then he has this mysterious community around us to build us up as we do it. Um, but even as our community supports us, it does come, there is a personal ownership of it. And our community cannot build the foundation for us. They can, uh, I, I cannot stick with the analogy. I wish I had a good connection. But our community can't, you know, do all the pickaxing for us. We have to do some of the work to help that work. I don't know. But I think that's like a helpful balance in our, in our church, which is like care so much about community, which is so vital. But then also there's this reality of like it's, it's our own walk with Jesus that, that will stick with us for our whole lives. Yeah. What, this isn't going on to the second question, but I'm curious, Evan, for you, you talked about a choice to obey, um, obey his truths. Um, what do you feel like those truths are for you? Like the, those kind of gospel pieces when you talk about, um, when you talk about like, it's a choice to, to live faithfully. Like, what does that look like for you to receive that truth? Yeah, I think it's different for each person and it's different for the circumstances that you're in. And so for me and my circumstances, I think, and, my, and just my own personality, you know, some things about God are very easy for me to accept and other things are much harder to accept or other truths. And so one truth that's, that's been very hard for me to accept is like, I am not going to, God is bigger than I am. I can't understand him. Um, and he's good, and I just have to trust him that he's that he's good, and that what he, he's he's protecting me, um, that I can have hope in him. Um, that's been really tough for me to accept. Like I want to know all the details. I'm an engineer, so I want to know like, is it is it make sense for me to have hope in God? Like, what's the calculations? Like, is it what's the probability that he's actually gonna you know work out for me? Right. Um, and I want to I want to know for sure that what I'm hoping in is actually real. And so I think it's like really basic, like Sunday school stuff, you know, like God is real. Like that's that's hard for me to I'm, I'm a I'm a smart ish person. Like I think I think I'm a smart person. Right. So like to to put my faith in something that I can't prove, can't scientifically disprove, you know, um, it's it takes like humility like I don't like the worst thing in the world for me is feeling like a stupid person or like someone took advantage of me Um, and that's the position that God is putting me in like 
I, I have to trust in him. I have to make myself vulnerable to him. I have to risk looking like a fool um, in order to gain the hope and the glory and the, like all the things that Jesus promises us. Or it's like that gospel message is like that you are secure because he has secured you forever through Jesus' death and life and made you new. You know, like that, that's like the hope. Um, what, and I'm, we can get to the second question in a second, but, and without going into too many details, like what are the ways that you started to dig deep to understand some of that um, at an individual and communal level? Like what's that, what's that look like for you? Um, honestly, it's, it, uh, I don't have a step-by-step process. Yeah, like, like it's, I, what I would say is that you never know, like you're never aware that you, like if you're a Christian and you say, I believe, I believe Jesus. If you're, if you're the one saying, Lord, Lord, you never know that you're not doing it. Like you're never aware that you're building on the sand. And you, like if you knew that, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be building it there, right? Um, so in my experience, like I've, I've just been completely unaware and I don't even have the tools to get started on building it in the right place because I just, I think I'm doing fine. Um, And I think, you know, one of two things happens. One, like the Lord speaks through a lot of different ways. He speaks through people. He speaks through my wife. He speaks through the Bible. I'll just read a verse that I've read a million times and, you know, the million and first time it's like, whoa, what? Um, uh, And then, you know, if, if that doesn't work, like failing that, then I think... God speaks through the house crashing down. <laughs> and usually that's a good indication of, oh, it must have been built on sand because everything around me is crashing and, you know, my life is a mess. And, uh, you know, that God says that doesn't happen to people that are building on him. So if my life is crashing, then, you know, I, now I know. <laughs> like something, I better start digging. I better figure out what, what is going on here because, yeah. Yeah, it's that messy nuance of, our life can be going through a ton of issues and turmoil. I mean, you look at Job, like his life was on the outside crashing, but what was like the internal house of his life doing, you know? And yeah, that's why I said it's messy. It's like, sometimes we don't know. A lot of times we don't know until we're crashing. We're like, oh wait, this is not supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. Did you have any thoughts or anything to add, Steffi, before we go on to the next? I didn't wanna, I just wanna give you space. Okay, cool. Um, Thanks for sharing, yeah. Um, well, to move on to our next question, just to dig a little bit deeper, how have you all seen this show up in your life, uh, maybe in a moment in your life? Um, and then, like, what did that look like for, for Jesus' grace to meet you in that place? Um, I have lots of stories, as I'm sure we all do, of um, times where we weren't building a sturdy foundation. Um, but share one specifically um, it was making an idol out of somebody else, um, and something that started off pure and God-glorifying, um, but over time became dark and sinful, um, and I think when we are faced with the choices of life, um, the way that we perceive them is not, you know, this, like, spectrum of one choice is going to give us life and the other choice is going to take life away. Um, A lot of times we see them really close to each other when we're deciding and we figure, "Mm, I think my choice is just, I know how I'm satisfied. I know it's going to give me joy and satisfy me. 
Um, so we make that. And it's just quick decisions, right? And so at least for my life, it has never been one decision where it came crashing down that day. Um, but it was a collection of decisions and where I, over time, um, yeah, just didn't choose, um, what's the word? I'm looking for it, but, um, yeah, I can't find the word. But I, you know, chose my desire um, over and over. And then, like you said, Evan, in that story, ended up crashing down. Um, And what's just astonishing is that Jesus saw all of that go down before it did. He saw it in real time when I did it. And then at the end of it, it was still there um, and wasn't thrown back. He, he called me to him and said, I can heal that. You know, like you said, an invitation. Um, and that love and grace is what brings us to him. Because um, it's not the shame and the guilt, because that really digs you in the hole. It's the inviting, loving grace of God that shows you, like, I did not deserve this. Um, and, yeah, just brings you into his arms. So going back to the construction uh, visual, it's, you know, if you've ever poured concrete, you have the mixer going, and you put in the ingredients. And so it's sand, gravel, you know, cement, water. Um, and when we make those choices of our own satisfaction, you know, you're putting that in. And when you lay it out, it's full of cracks and um, bubbles that weren't mixed well. And so it it can't withstand over time um, because it was, it was our own strength making those decisions. So the only foundation that will withstand is that which is made with the power of God because when we are obedient, we can only make that choice with the Holy Spirit. Um, and so... Yeah, just a magical foundation and glowing is not one that we make on our own. Can you repeat the question again? <laughs> yeah. um, I actually just want to, a quote came to mind from our DNA. We were reading, uh, we were doing a, a personal formation plan, which we'll talk about uh, later on in our church's life in, a couple, in the next month or two. But we were listening to this podcast around desires and really like, pieces of what we're building a life around. And this, this author, Ruth Haley Barton, shared how as we get older, oftentimes we're not deciding between like good and evil, but usually like good and good on the surface level. And it is much like more nuanced in, in how those things are either founded in putting a hope on something that will crack, something that is not the gospel, not our hope. Maybe it's like the relationship that I'm going to fulfill me or the work that I'm going to do really well and that's going to satisfy me. And it's like, oh, on the surface, those things are, are hard to discern. Like, is, is this really uh, on my own strength and on my own will and on, on these alternative gospels that we've heard about over the past couple months? Or is it on the gospel? And so, yeah, that, that good and good thing is really hard to discern and all the more why we need community and we need Jesus speaking into our life. Um, yeah, so I think that's so good. And the question was like, how have you seen uh, these, these truths show up in your life? Um, and maybe in a moment in time, um, and how has Jesus' grace met you there? Yeah, I think, um, 
Yeah, the example that comes to mind for me, so I had a few years ago, I was in a really rough spot. I had all these PTSD um, symptoms and I was just really having a hard time hoping in God. And um, Jordan told me this story about someone who had a similar case. She was she had all these emotional issues that she was working through. She had trauma and whatnot. And she also broke her leg at the same time. So the part of that was like, <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like, suck it up. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> um, but this woman, like, she had this amazing, inspiring story. And it was all like, you know, uh, God spoke to her specifically, and she was encouraged that she was doing all this physical therapy for her injury, and she and the Lord spoke to her that this is the same for your heart injury. Like, I'm going to heal you. You just, like, you need to put in the work just like you're doing for this physical therapy. And so, you know, that was an encouraging story. I was like, oh, that's cool. File that away. Um, and, and then, like, I, I was also around the same time I was reading, I read Hebrews 12, and it's this really encouraging passage. The whole, the whole passage was, like, written directly to me, but there were parts in it that one was, like, um, just talking about the discipline, like, don't, uh, like, like, God is treating you as a son. If, if you're suffering, you are experiencing discipline from the Lord, and, like, it is for discipline that you have to endure. Um, and then there's a verse that says, like, uh, like, like, keep, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah, strengthen your feeble knees, uh, like, strengthen your weak hands, and make straight paths for your feet, because what is lame, so that what is lame will be healed correctly, like, will be healed, in the, like, it's going to heal, but the question is, did you have a cast on, or is it going to be healed all, like, messed up, you know? When you're when you're done, and so that was that was encouraging. Filed that away, uh, <laughs> and then like a couple months later, I was thinking of this again, and I was thinking of this of that that story of this lady, and I was so discouraged and so despairing because I was like, I don't have that story. Like I don't have this inspiring. Like the Lord never spoke to me, and like the clouds never parted, and I, you know, the Lord said, "You're gonna be, you're gonna feel better," um, and so I was just like. I don't know if that's going to happen. Like, is it going to be okay for me? And I just needed to know. Like, I need to know, like I said, I need to know 100% what's going to happen. And then I, you know, right in that moment, the Lord reminded me, like, I told you. Do you remember that passage? And it just popped into my brain, like, <laughs> straight in my brain, like Hebrews 12, right there. And I was like, oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's just one small example of, like, the Lord using a lot of different things, you know, in different ways. And it took a lot of, different attempts before I finally got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, I feel like there's just like that, that message of hope that you shared uh, before we were on this right here. We were talking earlier this week and you'd share this example of like oftentimes it's simply just like walking up what feels like a hill with just like open hands, like receiving God's power to even take a step receiving God's grace that he says he's going to renew you. Um, and, and then the rest of it's a little messy. And, and you know, some, some weeks where you're not feeling that, you're, you're not believing that, and then weeks where he's, like, making you new. Um, and, but there's just, like, that steadfast hope uh, that, that, I don't know, like, that he worked through your story. Like, he didn't give up on you. He was seeing your, the storm rage. Um, and then he, like, 
he built that foundation in you, it feels like. When you, when you tell that story, it feels like you're like, I don't know. And then he just was like, no, like I'm here. I've saved you. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Um, yeah, I know for me, like, uh, let me check time before. I don't want to keep us too long. Um, yeah, I'm trying to decide what, um, yeah. Yeah, I'll share, uh, I think within your same themes, I think uh, a story that um, where like a storm came in my life. Um, as I was reading this passage, I was also reflecting on First Peter where he talks about how our strength um, is purified through fire and made more, more precious than gold. Um, and almost like a promise that like fires will come and storms will come, whatever varying degree that is. You know what I mean? It's not like we all have the same types of storms. Um, but, but I know for me, I had felt a big call on my life. I would felt like I was going to become a pastor and plant a church and kind of do all these things. Felt like that call through college. And I, I'd really felt that for you know, six, seven, eight years, um, up to the point where it kind of, to, in my mind, kind of climaxed in Allie and I going through Soma Sending, which is a two-year church planning residency, um, and nearing the end of that, getting close to like, okay, we're going to do this. This is, we're, we're going to start walking down this path, and then God making it really clear that that wasn't what he had for us. Um, and it's really funny you talk about not really realizing where we're building our foundations because this amazing good thing that I had, part of it was really good in my heart. Um, but I had this immense grief and this immense sadness that started bubbling up slowly. Every couple weeks, what I would say is I'd be sitting in church and every like three or four weeks, I would just kind of cry. And I'd be like, what the heck is going on? I was like, oh gosh, I just feel so sad. And then I would like kind of journal um, and, and for me, like that, that storm that felt like an uncontrollable, couldn't put my finger on it thing was, was this realization of this good desire mixed with this, like starting to place my identity. And like, if I'm not going to be in leadership, like if I'm not going to be leading and pastoring or in this role, like what is my life made of? What's my purpose? Where's my value? You know, and I think what Jesus so gently pursued me in, in that stormy season where I would just randomly cry and be like, Allie, I don't know what's going on. Like, what, what, what's happening? I'm just sad. Like, Jesus got to remind me that, like, his grace wasn't, wasn't for Pastor Jeff. It was for me. Um, it, was, it was for just, just me. Stop. No MC leader, no great husband or business leader or anything, just me as I am. And I think, you know, those sands were, were super quaky and that they were super set, like they were super rough. And then Jesus's gospel just reminded me that like, oh, like I am for you and I will, and you will have me and I will have you forever. And like, that is, that is good news. It was great news for my soul. Um, and then I was fine after for the rest of my life. Uh, no, I wasn't. That's a lie. But, but yeah, that process. So um, yeah, I, I feel like that's like the theme of, of this text for us um, is, is, is that Jesus is calling us into this life where 
Like we should expect storms, right? We should expect things that make us quake because this, this world's broken. Um, if you've, if, like, if, if you're single and you've tried to date someone or been in a, a career or had a roommate or anything, like, it's pretty broken. There's a lot of broken things about it. If you've been married, your spouse is definitely probably let you down at some point. Our work does not, does not suffice, and our world tells us to judge, to curse, to, to make our own way. Um, and God's kingdom um, tells us to live differently, not not just to work differently, but to remember that his gospel has forgiven us when we were broken, has given us new life, has, has said, you don't need to work anymore. Um, you don't need to prove yourself so that I don't judge you. I have taken my wrath out on Jesus, who lived perfectly, who laid the perfect foundation, who, who weathered every storm, not just the cross, but every storm in his life faithfully. Um, and now because he's died in your place and risen again, I'm going to give you that new life. I want to give you that new life. Um, and that's what's on, on store for us. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's our text today. Um, thanks for hanging out with us and, and talking with us a bit or listening to us talk. Um, I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll do some communion. Is that cool? Um, Jesus, I just... Yeah, I just feel led to just to pray for, um, yeah, there's just, I think there's people here that are going through some serious storms in their life. Um, and I just feel led, Spirit, that you're calling me to, to name that, that there are some people going through some, some maybe the, a, a hurricane level storm in their life and they are feeling shaken. Um, and I just wanna pray right now that you would um, speak and use this time to have given them hope that you have not given up on them, that you are with them in this storm and that your gospel promises a, a more powerful healing than that storm appears to be, that your gospel foundation says that you will stay with them through that storm um, and you have grace for each day where there is doubt. You have grace for each day where there is hurt that is not explained. You have grace and power to then heal and that you also promise that in the new heavens and the new earth, you will heal things a hundredfold and you'll wipe every tear from our eyes and you will heal every wound. Um, I just pray that over the people who are hurting right now, who have storms right now. Um, and I pray that you'd be working in our church um, to, to, to build a people who find our foundation on you, who, dig, who do the work, the vulnerable, hard, costly work with each other and with you to dig deep, to see where our foundations are laid and, and to receive your grace when, when they're not laid on you because you, you pour it out like a concrete mixer, a never-ending concrete mixer of grace to pour out into our lives. Um, so we thank you for that. In your name we pray, amen.